to another episode of Paranormal the New Normal. As always, broadcasting on the Antisocial Network and the Parapost Network. And we, as always, I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm here to try to make the world seem a little more normal. Are we going to accomplish that today? Mm, probably not, but we'll try. We'll try. But as always, I have a guest to help me try that, to do this. And my guest today is Joseph M. Leonard, author, podcaster, and so much more. But we'll get into all that shortly. First things first, how are you doing tonight, Joseph? I'm doing good. Hello, everybody. And yeah, if you're expecting normal out of me, since everybody thinks I'm abnormal, you're going to be sorely mistaken. <laughs> uh, I, right? We got to keep a sense of humor, even about ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get along like peas in the pod, then I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> so let me ask this question that I ask everybody on my show. What got you into the paranormal slash spiritual world? Well, I, I, it's kind of hard to put a specific finger on that. Uh, it's I've just been one of those naturally curious about anything and everything kind of people, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, open to things. I, I born and raised a Catholic, but unlike many Christians who seem to think that somehow paranormal means you're not, you know, that's anti-religious yeah. and somehow I, I, I don't get that. I mean, have you read the Bible? Like <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on UFOs. Hey, does your Christian sect version say in Genesis, which it doesn't, that God created life on earth and only on earth life created he. No, it don't say that. <laughs> no, it, it says God created the universe, which... Yeah, and what about the Nephilim? Or does your Bible conveniently leave them out? What about Ezekiel or Enoch that a lot of Christian sex indeed leave Enoch completely out because oh my god we can't have that talk <laughs> oh i mean there are good i think i think it's 23 or 28 uh different books that have been taken out of the bible last i checked so yeah i, I and i have a good friend pastor richard Dietering, uh has a show moment of clarity on wham radio you whamradio.com you can see the shows the saturday shows uh moment of clarity and and we've gone back and forth on that over and over his unwillingness to acknowledge books that have been left out you know because it's then a little more inconvenient to discuss some of the context <laughs> yeah which makes i mean I get why they do that, but I also disagree with it a hundred percent because it's just well, you can't, you know. And we got to remember too, publishing a book today, right? Printing presses are everywhere. Uh, printing, you could double the size of the Bible. Hey, no problem. But back then, yeah. you were handwriting things and passing it along. Uh, so yeah. Picking and choosing so that it wasn't twice the size made sense. But not acknowledging the other things today, to me, does not make sense. But, you know, that I, I didn't mean to get us on religion. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a paranormal show. We go into religion constantly, but the two, the two like to intersect a lot. But They can, and, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. Like they're, they were, the monks were handwriting the Bible to copy it. And that's a crap load of work that I would never want, wish on my worst enemy to have to do daily on basis. But it's just, uh, we'll just say those other 23 books are buried in the basement of the Vatican with all the other secrets of mankind. But, <laughs> and when the zombie apocalypse happens someday, I will be going to the Vatican and just hanging out in that library for the rest of the time reading. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
uh, like, you know, ghost presences, which we will discuss a little later. I, I've had experience with that. Uh, but Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You, my main book, of course, doesn't deal in orbs like we'll talk about in ghosts. Although some may say uh, there's definitely evil people who may be demonically possessed. <laughs> in the book. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that makes a good book always, but, <laughs> but, well, we can get to that part now because the second question I ask everybody in this show is what experiences have you had with the paranormal side of life? Yeah, I guess the uh, two more uh, interesting ones were as I was growing up in my parents' house, in the basement, I would encounter a presence. Now, decades upon decades later, we think we kind of figured out that it was my great-grandfather because I distinctly saw the shape and knew of facial hair and a bowler hat. And then later you see that person in a picture and it's like, hey, I think it was that person. But makes sense. It, it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't. In that my great-grandfather was long dead before that house was ever built. Why would he be, you know, a presence in the basement of that property? as opposed to a presence at my grandfather's house, which I actually currently still reside in, uh, so that the home would stay in the family. So it, it seems weird, but it made mm -hmm. a little sense, you know, because a lot of people say, oh, we, I live in Wyandotte, all right? Born and raised in Wyandotte. My parents lived in Wyandotte. I'm still currently here. And Wyandotte, W-Y-A-N-D-O-T-T-E, named after the Wyandotte tribe, Native American tribe. No, take the T-E off the end and you got the Wyandotte Native American tribe. And there's always the old joke about, well, you built on an Indian burial land, right? <laughs> so of course. there's always that thought until I saw his picture. And I was like, well, no, that makes more sense than the Indian burial ground. Because <laughs> they weren't seemingly attempting to haunt me and drive me out. <laughs> Which, I mean, there are multiple reasons why your grand great-grandfather would spirit might have been hanging around. Yeah. I mean, some, someone in the house could have had something that he is attached to still. Or he could also, I mean... The biggest misconception with ghosts is that they have to die somewhere to be in that area after death, which right. that's the biggest misconception because, I mean, my house, I'm not going to go into the full story because my listeners all know it, but my house is haunted by the original residents who built it, but neither of them died in the house. They right. died. They died in a nursing home and a hospital, respectively. So, I mean, it's they don't have to stay where they die. They can go where they feel attached to, even if it's just a, if they feel attached to a house or if they feel attached to a person in the house, they can go there. Like that's just, they have yeah. free will. They have free will like that, according to everything. Yeah, I've sometimes they can be indeed attached to an object and travel with that object, which kind of then will, you know, yeah. I, I mean, once you're out of that physical body realm, you don't have to physically walk somewhere. Uh, you can probably, I mean, we don't know for sure, we speculate, <laughs> project anywhere. And I, you know, I, I do have an astral projection or remote viewing story. I didn't think of that before. Now we can talk about. But the night my grandfather died, I was working a midnight shift at work. And I knew he died before anyone else in the family did because he visited me at work. Now, of course, he knew who I worked for. He didn't know where I worked. I mean, it's not like he could get out a map and then come visit. But obviously, you know, uh, 
just honing in on my presence, perhaps, or whatever, uh, that realm, and he was able to to visit me that night he died. I literally then called my mother and said, you need to check on Grandpa. And sure enough, contacted the hospital. He had passed. So a premonition of sorts, in a way, almost. Well, I wouldn't say I had the premonition, although I think we've had some psychic ability in our family o over years. Uh, like I said, I had uh, astral projection of remote, remote viewing abilities when I was younger. And yes, I have indeed had some premonitions of, uh-oh, you know, that deja vu feeling, that though you've not been there. It's like, wait a minute. We need to change something because something bad's about to happen. Uh, uh, but it was a, an actual visitation presence in that case. Yeah, which, I mean, that right there is just, I, I've heard a lot of people tell me close to the same thing, like where they they knew someone was dying or they knew someone just died. And it's it's like something's trying to warn us that it's happening. Whether usually it's too late to do anything about it, but they usually tr they try to warn us it happens so we're aware. And whether that's the work of angels or who knows, but or if it's just like a spirit guide thing, if certain spirits are trying to help people know someone's passing, I, I mean, it's not for us to know. It's not for us yeah. to know till we're, till we're part of that world, right? At least, well, at least yet. Right. And you mentioned angels, so you kind of just made my brain go back to where we kind of started the show. Uh, by definition, angels were an entity that existed before humanity and the earth was created. So by definition, they are non-terrestrial or extraterrestrial in nature, right? Yeah. So I, I just thought I'd Again, that's going back to where we were before. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, angels. it just drives me crazy. Right? I, do you believe in angels? Yes. Are they human? No. Then they're alien, <laughs> by definition. <laughs> or, oh, well, yeah, that, or they're celestial. Which uh, I mean, right? But it, just, it depends on your beliefs. It depends right. on your beliefs. The only point being, they are non terrestrial so there is clearly more than just ourselves whether we were told about it like i said at the beginning genesis does not say god created earth and only on earth life created he it doesn't say that and just because the bible doesn't tell us that this race was created there and that race was created there we are children we are like being told what we can handle, not everything there is to know. And I look forward to showing up at the pearly gates, knocking on the gates and saying, okay, let's talk aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Would you please indulge me about life elsewhere that, you know, we weren't told about. But again, we were told about the Nephilim in the Bible. So we were told a hint. So there's probably way more to that. But just because God didn't tell us the whole story doesn't mean, you know, like an ostrich, you hide your, you bury your head in the sand and pretend it can't be real. Exactly. Those type of people are the ones that I just can't. Like trying to talk to them is, like I had, his episode didn't release yet, but I have a, I had a guest last last week or week before on my show. And we're he's an, he's an astrophysicist and we're talking about aliens and UFOs. And, but according to him, people who are abducted by UFOs only are abducted because they immerse themselves in the occult, whether that be listening to heavy metal or <laughs> anything like that, which I was just like, okay, I mean, you're, you're free to believe, you're free to believe what you want to believe, but I do not think that's the case at all. But yeah, how would you explain like, uh, the the people that were, uh, are behind the book in the story communion and yep. like the first one uh you know the early uh long before that you know heavy metal kind of music and the the supposed demon 
uh, symbol existed. So he, I, I, I don't know where some of these people get these things. My point being is I don't know everything, and I know I don't know everything, and I don't suspect, you know, it, the, the parts of the Bible as a Catholic that talk about pride, I know I'm not the only thing, and the world doesn't revolve around me, and God doesn't owe me all the answers until he decides it's time to give me them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, even as an agnostic, I, for, I, I'm the same way. Like, I don't expect anything or anyone. I don't expect the government, for God's sake, to give me all the answers because I know they're not going to. <laughs> but, I mean, it took them how long to admit UFOs exist? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's and again, sad. to go back to the Bible, Ezekiel, Ezekiel saw the wheel, right? In modern terms, we would call that an extraterrestrial craft. Now, whether, you know, so it opens those questions. that, that And the old hieroglyphs from thousands upon thousands yes. of years ago, uh, even before the Jewish Torah was developed. Uh, of craft. So, and again, Genesis over and over, Nephilim. How do you explain that? Or do you just erase it from your Bible to pretend it doesn't exist? <laughs> well, I mean, that's technically, that's, that's technically what God tried doing with the flood, but, <laughs> 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 but I mean, I see, but one of my favorite books ever written is paradise lost mm. because it kind of pokes holes at the bible <laughs> and yes it's obviously a, it's supposed to be a fiction book but which i mean to me the bible is as well but that's my personal opinion but i think there's some history based in it but i think a lot of it is just elaborated based on who wanted to tell the tale but and that's the other thing about the books being taken out that we talked about earlier it wasn't all. It wasn't all just about people. The monks having to write it all down. It was King James and other kings who didn't like this part. Didn't like this part. I'm gonna take it out and go throw it in the fire. And there yeah. you go. There's your Bible. We, we don't. We don't know the full story because indeed uh, the, the idea of censorship and book burning has existed forever. I view the book, and I'm gonna probably piss off some fellow Christians in the audience. The Bible as, like my book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. It's historical fiction. There are fact, there are fiction, there are analogies, there are metaphors, there are allegories, there are stories to make a moral point. Now, archaeologists around the world are proving the Bible historically accurate regarding, uh, you know, uh, different aspects of historical aspects, like finding Sodom and Gomorrah. It actually was there. It's an actual place. It existed in things of that nature, which then lend credence to the other things. But yes, you're right. Still, ultimately, at the end of the day, it was written by humans and humans are imperfect, and humans have their own agendas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's basically the synopsis of all of the human history is human beings have always had their own agendas on what they want done. So history, false history is a big thing in the world. It's, it's a conspiracy theory, but false history to me is not really a conspiracy theory. It's just fact. We know what happens. I mean... Look at the Canadians and how they covered up what they did to their natives. Look at what the look what the Americans have covered up about what we did to natives, what we did to African Americans, and everything else. Like, there's just so much that's been covered up because it didn't make the country look good. So we're just gonna pave over that and not pay attention to what's underneath. Every nation, every peoples engage in their own propaganda. I was, I co-host Savage Unfiltered. We had a guest on from Ukraine. He wasn't born and raised in Ukraine, though. He was 
an idiot, really. Uh, uh, discussing that every side engages in propaganda. Biden, corrupt. Zelensky, corrupt. Putin, corrupt. They're all corrupt. We're all, all the sides are engaged in, in propaganda. Now, the bottom line is, at the end of the day, there is, and why my book is historical fiction, a lot of history people don't know. A hundred years of Russian aggression and exploitation going back a hundred years. So this war isn't something new. They invaded unprovoked a nation that had no threat against them. That lands up being the bottom line. But is the Ukraine completely innocent? No. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> so it's a varying degree of not black and white, but a lot of gray. Now, talk about the destruction of the Native Americans. We stole their land. They spent countless decades or centuries before we showed up doing that to each other too. Oh yeah, of course. Part of human history, it's happened all around the globe. It's not a new white colonialist phenomenon. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I mean, the tribes of Africa used to fight each other for land and for territory, and same as ever, same as everywhere else in the world, same as same as the Asians back in the Mongolian days. Like, yeah. just there's oh, as long as there's a weaker nation next to you, someone's gonna try to conquer somebody. That's just the way it is. But yeah, and you mentioned slavery; it was fellow Africans on their African continent that enslaved their brethren and sold them to the Europeans. Yep. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, they were. You can see it in the Tarzan books too that Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote. Like he, at that time, still in the early nineteen hundreds, the tribes would take sl slaves or war criminals from each other, and they would use them as slaves in their own colonies, and they would become part of that colony if they worked hard enough. But if they yeah. didn't, then they were just kept as a slave, basically. Slavery was part of the Bible. It goes back to that. Let my people go. It was uh, slavery's been around forever. It still exists now. There's a whole lot of people who refuse to talk about that in Islamic nations in the Middle East and African yep. continent. Slavery is still happening and it's not just among black people. There are whites induced into slavery. And like in my book, Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City New Year, we've kind of gotten off the beaten path again. But since we're down this road, uh, people not understanding history. Islamic terrorism isn't something new. Nope. You go back just at the founding of the United States. There's a reason why it says in the Marine Hymn from the shores of Hip, from the hills of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, the Islamic fundamentalists taking and enslaving Western nation people's ships to hold hostage or enslave those people then. Going back to the Crusades, the Crusades were not Christians intruding on Islamic lands. It was the Islamic fundamentalists trying to create an Islamic caliphate, invaded Christian and Jewish lands that we then pushed back on and retook. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's anybody who actually wants to read the history of it, like it's all, everything he just said is 100% true. And you can actually read it in history books. I mean, not the ones they give you in high school, for God's sake, but in real history yeah. books, you can read it. So, Which I mean, is not to say, and I've got to add the usual disclaimer before somebody in the audience decides to accuse me of being Islamophobic, <laughs> Dawn Williams of the research show, a black female Muslim, interviewed me, understands where I'm coming from. Not all terrorists are Muslim. Not all Muslims are terrorists. Not all Arabs are Muslim and terrorists. There is terrorism that has been engaged in various cultures throughout all time. 
just like the slavery issue. There's been issues of terrorism all throughout history. Oh, yeah. I mean, people people would call the Mongols terrorists because of the way they came in and took over cities and towns. Like Genghis Khan, he was a freaking terrorist mastermind the way he did things. But yes, back then, we just called it invading another country. That's all it was. <laughs> but, but yeah, I... I we kind of got off the beaten path again, uh, hmm. since we're supposed to be talking about, let me get into the orbs <laughs> to stay on focus with your show. But uh, thank you for having me on and obviously letting me promote my book at the same time. But regarding orbs, uh, I'm in the Detroit, Michigan area. There is a fort called Fort Wayne. I don't know who it was named after. I probably should have looked it up. It's in Wayne County. So, you know, some guy named Wayne. It wasn't Bruce Wayne, obviously. <laughs> but uh, there's a Fort Fort Wayne that was built before the War of 1812. We, I mean, we knew a second war against uh, England. Right. Yeah. Basically, a proxy war with Canada was coming. So we built that fort. And, uh, of course, then, obviously, therefore, many people died there. So it is a haunted spot. So my sister, my brother-in-law at the time, now ex-brother-in-law, and I went for a ghost hunting expedition there one night overnight. And while we didn't encounter any of the specific spirits that supposedly were in specific spots, even though we tried to call them out, enticed them into, you know, showing themselves. They didn't. While in the armory, which is, of course, on a bunker of a mound of dirt, an armory built into a mound, and the doors closed, we saw orbs. It wasn't light coming in from outside. No light was coming in from outside. But we did interact with orbs in that armory that was rather interesting and of course some people got it on their cameras <laughs> of course i mean we i actually there's a video on my TikTok of an orb flying around my garage a couple weeks ago and we, we every, every couple days every every couple days the camera on the garage catches something and but... and obviously uh, uh sometimes camera uh is uh, it has a greater ability to see than even what our eyes can, obviously. And of we're course. talking real orb entities, not ball lightning. Those are two different things. And yes, ball lightning can be confused for maybe an orb or a UFO because we still have a lot to learn about ball lightning. As scientifically advanced as we like to pretend we are, there's a whole lot about this planet and other realms we don't know, like World War II Foo Fighters. Some of it might have been ball lightning. Some of it was clearly something following those planes, infinitely reported and way beyond anything, even the advanced things that the Germans would have had. If that would have been German technology, it would have been taking down our bombers. It wouldn't have yeah. just been there observing them going to bomb the German homeland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's with Ger The Germans would have won that war if they had those ships. So, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Exactly. That's the, uh, the, oh, the, the Glock. The, uh, the bell, if they'd have perfected that, who knows? And whether or not that showed up in Virginia years later, accidentally traveled through time, is still a question because, like you said, uh, about stuff being buried in the Vatican, like the old uh, uh, Indiana Jones tale about uh, whether or not the, the Ark is buried somewhere in a U.S. archive somewhere, uh, the German Glock if it traveled into the 1960s and were captured, is probably buried somewhere in Area 51, which we could talk about that because I got to visit Area 51. That was great. I met uh, uh, Stanton Friedman, you know, one of the usual UFO guys that they have on ancient aliens and all that. And I'm oh, infinite. I know, I know the name. I know the name. Yeah. 
yeah, I got to meet him because we took a tour. My ex-wife, my wife at the time, while we were out in Vegas, took a tour out to Area 51. Of course, you don't see much or anything. We saw the infamous uh, uh, mailbox and drove up to the gate, but that's as far as you get to go. And the the uh, the people <coughs> that we were on the tour with were not too happy to me because I started walking up the hill towards the white truck with, you know, <laughs> with the people there meant to deter you from going onto the property and waving at them and seeing if I could get them to come out of the truck. So, <laughs> and then we went to, on the way back, the Little Alien Inn in Rachel, that which is where we got to meet Stanton Friedman. So that was really cool. Sounds sounds amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, from from what I've been told, well, from what most a lot of people have been told, Area Fifty One isn't really the real Area Fifty One. There's an Area Fifty Two, for lack of a better term. F, <laughs> where, yeah, Area Fifty One S Four. Some people, yeah, say that the S4 is, a, uh, and even uh, others say that really Area 51 is now almost more a distraction for, I forget the area in U, what the area in Utah is called. But I, I, you know, I say about this, if aliens and UFOs were really a threat, they don't wipe this out long ago. I mean, this notion that somehow now that they are some sort of threat to us is silly. And Werner, Werner von Braun said this was coming in the 1960s. He knew, you know, based on Nazi uh, trying to copy alien captured craft they had, which is where Die Glock came from, that they tried to perfect, and some of the V-rocket technology came from, he said one day the, the military complex will use the UFO as a threat because it is, of course, then just an excuse for more military industrial complex power. You know what I mean? So, he, you know, he predicted it and saw it all coming, said it was all coming. And those who actually study history understand these things. Now, some of the stuff flying around up there, do I think it's ours? Yeah, I think some of it may be advanced drone craft. Uh, because by now, all these years later, after Roswell and other incidents, I don't doubt we've reversed engineered some of this. Now, whether we could pilot a craft like that, I doubt because our body can't handle the G-force. But some of it, I think, is indeed advanced secret craft of our own. But a oh. lot of it is unexplained, still unexplained. Yeah. Even I Project Blue Book, you look back, if only 1% of those cases were indeed truly unexplained, then that's an issue. And if there are either, I, I coined this term, well, if they're extraterrestrial or non-terrestrial, alien, all right, or interdimensional, or I invented the term intertiminal for time travel, or a combination of all of that. I yeah. think it probably is a combination of all of that. And if any of them were a threat to us, we damn well would have known it by now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always had a I always had a theory that aliens they've known I mean they've known about us since we first crawled out of the caves. And they are just basically they've been watching us. I mean, yes, they may. Some of them may want to destroy us, and when the time is right, they just might do that. Once we hit, once we hit that point where we start going to space in the regular, then maybe they will say, "Okay, they're a threat now. We need to take care of it." Exactly. If we become a threat to them, then maybe they would act. But as it stands now, we're certainly no threat. I mean, you look at the whole Star Trek, uh, you know. Uh, sci-fi notion of federation of planets. Exactly. Right? I mean, there's certainly a lot of people who think 
that actually exists already and that hopefully maybe one day we indeed will be able to join them as a force for good, like the U.S. Navy commercial used to say, a force for good, and America trying to be an actual force for good and freedom to and for others and not be dicks, right? <laughs> not be a disaster threat to somebody else, then yes, they could, and maybe they should wipe us out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, and I actually, I am a believer in that because I use the example of in Marvel comics, all the alien races have a council and they said, they said originally back in the 60s, 70s, when, when heroes start going to space, that earth is a backwards dirt ball planet no one's allowed to touch it no one's allowed to go there and try to conquer it no just leave them alone yeah and one then, of my favorite series tv series uh one of my favorite movies of all time roland emmerich i love him he 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 does a lot of blockbusters like independence day the day after tomorrow moonfall is one of his yeah. latest ones a great great over the top kind of uh, you know, science fiction stuff. Yeah. But he's the originator behind Stargate and mm. spun off the Stargate SG-1 series that lasted for 10 years. He's arguing with MGM for the last two dozen years, two, you know, last, yeah, two decades, I meant to say, to bring the Stargate back to the theater in a trilogy sense but MGM keeps blocking it. I have no idea why we should stop blocking it. I'd love to see Stargate come back to the theater in the form of a trilogy to see what he would do with it. But like the Greys uh, in the Stargate series, as a protector of planets, and yeah. What, yeah, whether Earth would become under that protectorate or not. Uh, because why wouldn't there be good aliens and evil aliens, just like there are good people and evil people? Right? Oh, there would be. There would be. I mean, I mean, cl classically, it's always the reptilians who are posed as the bad aliens. Like that, that's the classic idea behind it all. And I mean, the Greys have always been up for debate, though. Are they good? Are they slaves to the reptilians? Like no one seems to be able to pick which side they want to stay on. But. Yeah, they were called the Asgard in in the Stargate series, which of course you know links to the comics too. Uh, Thor was from Asgard, well, oh, yeah, not, yeah. A, not a gray, right? So <laughs> it, it, it it links to Norse mythology. Where yes, yeah, these, these things have existed, and to me, mythology has to have some basis in reality. Uh, I do not think it was just our complete imaginations and made all this stuff up. I think there has to be at least some hint of reality in these things. Like with the Hindi, uh, the Hindu uh, with, uh, oh God, the, uh, the, the blue goddess with the eight arms. Uh, oh, um. I know I'm you drawing mean a blank right now, but yeah, uh, and, and the Vimana craft that uh, she would they were able to go up and down to and from the heavens. Uh, oh, Vishna, Vishna, right? Yeah, and because I mean, you can still see that there has to be some root of reality in that because DNA distortions today lend credence to it. Every once in a while, a child will be born with blue patches of skin. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? That has to come somewhere in the reality of time in our DNA. It isn't just coincidental that it happens, in my opinion. It, it's not. I mean, it's not. And I've had Starseed to my show. and. They believe they are alien spirit, alien spirits in human bodies, and like that's when you get into the Palladians from the Palladian system and everything else. And they, I mean, I've had them name like ten different alien species I never heard of, mm. and it's it's impressive. It's 
it makes you think because it's like it makes sense though. Like, why wouldn't aliens just have evolved past the point to, have, to need their own bodies? Why wouldn't they just be spirits and they could take over human bodies? Yeah, uh, and uh, obviously, uh, again, interdimensionalism potentials. Uh, oh yeah, Ultimate. the Apollo project. I forget which astronauts it was on which Apollo mission saw astral bodies surround the Apollo ship. They yeah. they were light entities. They were clearly not physical as we know life and physics. Now, you know, again, someone might say, well, those are angels. Okay. I, I got no problem with that concept. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, I... My biggest thing with religion, because I was agnostic for, not agnostic, I was atheist for a long time after I got out of my parents' control of being brought Christian. And <laughs> I, I, want, I didn't want to think, I didn't want to think of there was anything out there besides humans and aliens. And then as I became agnostic in my, in my late 20s, I was like, all right, maybe there is more out there than I know about, but I'm not assigning a name to any of it until I see proof of it. Which, if there's angels, then please show yourself to me, talk to me. <laughs> if there's demons, same thing. I mean, I, I mean, talk to me if you want to. I really am not pushing for that one. But, <laughs> I'd prefer but, they not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, angels, yes. Demons, no. I, you know, one of my favorite movies too. Again, this is, uh, this will semi-relate. Is the movie Constantine with Kenobi? Yes. Remember that yes. one. I love that one, how it ties the, uh, you know, uh, faith and interdimensionalism a bit together that, you know, that there's really another plane here that in, you know, only few can transcend the dimensions and, and deal in those fames, planes. And then maybe when we die, indeed our spirit uh, may be condemned to the hell region of one dimension over the heaven aspect of another dimension that exists. Yeah, I mean, I've had, um, I've had a lucid dreamer slash astral projection on my show before, and he actually has his own podcast now, and he wrote a book about it too. Vincent Field, people should go check it out. He's a very intelligent man, and he says, "Oh, he's traveled to so many different dimensions when he lucid dreams." And there are so many different creatures in these dimensions. And that that may be where all these aliens come from is just different dimensions. And it makes a lot more sense for that for that than for them traveling light years and light years and light years through space. I I agree. I I am kind of uh in that camp that interdimensionalism probably requires a lot of energy to break that plane, just like uh, Einstein theorizes one day we will indeed also be able to break the time barrier and be intertimal, as I coin it, beings to travel through space and time. It is it just another dimension. It seems to me that it would still take far less energy, effort, and time to go through those barriers within the same relative space than it would be to go trillions of light years between systems. And you mentioned astral projection, so let me throw that. It, I did, I've never, when I was younger, you know, and I think a lot of this is that we're open to a lot more when we're kids. As we grow older, you know, we get more cynical and, and our bodies deteriorate to some degree and we're just not as capable. Uh, but I, I, I like to call it remote viewing more than astral projection. I indeed was able as a child to leave my body at night and go elsewhere. I visited other places. And then, you know, I, I know those aren't just far-fetched dreams because Later in life than as you grow up and your bubble expands, I've been to those places that I'd previously projected to. 
and then say, you know, like like a house. Uh, there's one particular instance of somebody who lived in a house that I met, you know, like a decade later. But I had in my dreams left my parents' home, my bedroom, flown out over the area and visited that house in the past. And then when I met the person who lived in that house and visited that house, I already knew that house because I'd been there. <laughs> Which is always such a weird thing when that happens, when you go somewhere <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, I've been here before, but not in physical form. It's just, it's it's kind of creepy in a way almost too, but it's just Which like, I... Yeah, none of which is to say, again, to, to my fellow Christian friends, unfortunately, okay. there are a lot of fellow Christians that are sadly weak in their faith. Uh, they have blinders. Again, they can't handle some books over other books. They pick and choose only particular scriptures that fit their narrative and they can handle. And anything outside that box uh, makes them think that their faith can't be real. And I, I in no way, shape, or form uh, uh, think that the notion of other beings challenges or destroys my faith in any sense. Because again, God didn't owe it to me to tell me everything. Put yeah. your hubris aside. Read the Bible about pride, too. Because if you think the world revolves around you and God owed you all the answer, uh, you're a sinner. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And if you really want to know about that, read Paradise Lost. Because that's the story <laughs> of the one person who thought that he knew better than God. And then what happened to him because of it? So, <laughs> but I mean, it's just. Well, it's we've, re we've really kind of gone down a lot of different roads. <laughs> well. On this, on on any paranormal show, but especially this show, going down rabbit holes is a common occurrence, and my listeners love it because they like to, they like that I jump all over the place because it makes it more entertaining. But in the yeah. time we've left, in the time we've left, though, please, I want to hear about your book. Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, like I said, Terror Strikes coming soon to a city near you. I also recently released How to Write a Book and Get It Published: Hints, Tips, and Techniques. Because perhaps there's somebody out in your audience that has some great paranormal stories they could put in a book and share. And how to write a book and get it published will help you bring your book to market. But yeah, Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You is historical fiction because, you know, a, a rabbit hole map, uh, uh, people aren't going to want to hear politics in your show. But Sorry, unfortunately, the state of our education system is so piss poor. There's a lot of history people just don't know about. Like I mentioned the Marine Corps hymn. They had no clue why it says the shores of Tripoli in there. So I address that history in the book. And it's not just about terrorism. Terrorism is the main theme that drives the story. It is indeed about values and morals also, good versus evil, right? I, I like to say also life over death, uh, hope over fear, uh, good over evil, all those sorts of themes. It, you know, it's not blood and guts, shoot them up, Rambo killing, you know, <laughs> kind of a book. It's an intellectual pursuit meant to make people think. In fact, let me go real quick. I'm going to click over to my website and scroll to the bottom because I want to read this disclaimer. Uh, you could go to terrorstrikes.info and on every page at the foot, it says fair warning. While some historical aspects are mixed within, this is a fictional story with fictional characters. Many deem this book controversial and upsetting in many places, which it is meant to be. It is meant to make people think and challenge their own and others' intentions, motives, own mortality, and morality. 
Oh, I. So does that, does that make it sound interesting at all? <laughs> Very yes. As someone who likes, as someone who who has to pretty much have a disclaimer after him on a lot of shows, uh, <laughs> yes. It, 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 it sounds very interesting to me, but so what is the general like synopsis behind it though? Well, again, terrorism being the main theme, and it's not just because people think due to the Wuhan virus hysteria, terrorism went away. It didn't. I mean, uh, there's a lot of events like grid attacks going on now that isn't being reported as terrorism. That is, LAX was shut down a few weeks ago, and it was because of a power grid attack, a terrorist attack on the power grid that shut down the airport for the day. Uh, Before that, the entire U.S. airspace was shut down first time since 9-11, and terrorism doesn't just mean 9-11, and it doesn't just mean the U.S. There's a chapter on Toronto, London, England, Madrid, Spain, and Tokyo, Japan in my book to make those points. It's an international book. But the entire national U.S. airline industry transportation system was shut down, and they claim uh, it was a human error glitch. Well, was it really? Was it really? So, exactly. you know, uh, <laughs> so it, terrorism hasn't gone away. And again, hope over fear. I don't want you to be paranoid. This is not a fear porn book. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to say live life, but at least be alert and awake to things that are indeed going around on around you. You can't be an ostrich. Sticking your head in the sand, like in the uh, Naperville chapter, Teresa says about being a mother. She thought she was the mama bear she needed to be, but recognized she was really more an ostrich when it comes to terrorism and general crime going on around you. It can hit you at any time, even if you're in a rural setting. And just because the ostrich wanders onto the train tracks, hears a noise, sticks its head between the rails, doesn't mean it isn't going to be killed by being bowled over by the train just because it doesn't see it coming. I like that. That's actually a good point. That's a very good metaphor right there. Oh, I like to, you heard me joke at the beginning, I, and there's a comic relief chapter in my book, too, because I like to say, no matter how serious things are, we got to keep a sense of humor. And I like to say, you use the word metaphor. I, I take offense to that. Only idiots use metaphors. I'm far too clever. I use meta sixes. But I'm bum. <laughs> took me a second there. I'm like, meta six. Like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meta four, meta six. Yeah, uh, right. um, <laughs> it, it's it's been, it's been such a lazy day that I'm freaking tired from doing nothing. But <laughs> but uh, <sighs> the, the joy of being unemployed currently. But <laughs> <laughs> well, in the last few minutes we have left, tell the people about your podcast. Yeah, I I don't personally have my own podcast. Well, the one you're the host of. Yeah, Michael Gardner uh, used to have a show called uh, 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 I forget now, The Patriot something. The Patriot Angle. That's it. Okay. Having a brain fart. The Patriot Angle. He's rebranded now and calls it Savaged Unfiltered. So, you know, we get savaged and unfiltered on every and any topic. And I, he, he graciously, uh, you know, I came on his show to promote my book and he loved the conversation. So he said, Hey, how would you like to be a co-host? I said, uh, duh, why would I turn that down? Right. <laughs> so I co-host Savage Unfiltered with him a couple of days a, a week, every week. And yeah, we talk about, you know, everything we've talked about music. We talked about movies. We talk about politics a lot, though, mainly there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. If you're going to be unfiltered, you got to talk about politics. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, because 
people have told me in the past, they said, why don't you start a podcast? Why don't you start a podcast? Well, I decided uh, the best thing for me since I've been writing uh, since I was little. And, you know, I, I'm former IT, so I go back to before the Internet was ever created, writing online articles, you know. So a book to me was the most logical thing as over a podcast, putting my time, effort, and money into the book rather than a podcast. And then again, so gracious to Michael Gardner for saying, hey, would you like to co-host? And he was like, yeah, duh, why would I say no to that, right? I get to be on a podcast on a regular basis without all that time and expense. He does the work. I show up and do the recordings. <laughs> That's how I got started, too. But then I wanted to branch out and do my own. But Yeah. That's understandable. But, That's great because you, you got experience. You learned because er everybody is ignorant of a lot of things. We all have to learn uh, and, and grow to become better at something, to learn about things, to know what we're doing. And then, yeah, branch out on your own. That's the smart way to do it. Yep. And now I host one, co-host another, and co-host a third. So <laughs> it's a, at one point it was like six. So I kind of cut back. But because that, 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 that that's a that lot. Was, <laughs> that was, I, I only edited two of them, thank God. But it was still insanity trying to set, set up the times for everything. But yeah. So, I mean, it, three is a good number. It works. But tell my audience where they can find your books where they could find the podcast, just basically tell them where they can yeah. find you. Yeah, Savage Unfiltered can be found on Rumble if you want to see the video, or yeah, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Audible, you know, all those play usual places you can find a podcast. Uh, I'm usually on Mondays and Wednesdays. He's out the rest of the week. So today we had a marathon session and actually recorded three episodes today for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, as for my book, uh, the usual places, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million, and of course, Amazon, since that's where a majority of books are sold these days. Uh, or if you're in the United States, you could buy an autographed copy direct from me at terrorstrikes.info slash shop and use code INSIDER for a discount off the list price Plus, I'll throw in free shipping. And I also have an author site, josephmleonard.us. Now, we, I forgot we didn't get into this. Yes, it looks like Leonard. It's not. It's Leonard, but with no O in it. josephmleonard.us. And yeah, I have to use my middle initial because there's another Joseph Leonard that's an author. <laughs> so I have to obviously distinguish and differentiate myself from him <laughs> of course which makes sense and i will of course post all the links on your page i found john i'll post all the links there that are applicable on the description for the podcast when it releases so that way people can just copy and paste or click however it ends up working but i want to thank you for coming on it's been a thrilling hour i we got to talk about so many different aspects of life and paranormal <laughs> and i a, a paranormal podcast doesn't always have to be about Bigfoot and aliens. That's just the way it is. Yeah, it, I, was at, I was actually on with a guy who calls himself Paranormal Phil. Do you know him? Have you heard it? He has a podcast called Paranormal Phil. And I, of course, went on expecting to talk about the orbs and the UFOs and the presences. And he said, no, I want to talk the whole hour about your book. And I Duh, okay, like I'm going to say no. <laughs> but yeah, I like to talk about anything and everything and we'll be on with anyone. You know, be, uh, it's like I said early on about curiosity as a youth, and I've always maintained that. I am curious about virtually everything. And we are always all ignorant of things until we engage in our own study of any particular subject. Exactly. And yeah, and we had we had a great conversation tonight. I'm happy I got you on here. So but for all my listeners, 
you know you can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant or as Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast for the S group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as that juggle of bastard. You can find me on TikTok as that juggle of bastard podcast. And you can find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, where this is streaming currently. Thank you again, Joseph, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. You certainly didn't have to have me on. So I, I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm not to get back to politics again, but uh, we are in a global recession right now. Uh, regardless of the Ukraine-Russia war, we were in it a global recession before that ever broke out, and that only exasperates the problem. So there are indeed a lot of people hurting. Give to soup kitchens, give to charity. You could go to terrorstrikes.info slash charity. I have a list of a bunch of different charities because that's a sub-theme in the book about being charitable. It's not all just about us. We are not the center of the universe. We, you're not a Christian anymore. I am a Christian. I believe in being our brother's keeper and being doing so through charity, not the government stealing it from the neighbor on the right side of me to give to the neighbor on the left side of me. That's our own human duty to do that, to be charitable. Well said, well said. But that's gonna wrap it up for tonight. Thank you, just for coming on, and thank you, all listeners, for listening to this. We'll be we'll be back in half a week with a new episode. Thank you, and see you next time.